share your love letter or thoughts with a close friend, or you can email us. We're happy to hear what the Lord's speaking to you. Father, thank you for the good word of God this morning, and thank you, Father, that you're a good, good Father. And that one of the things that Jesus came teaching and modeling was a new relationship with the living God, a father-son relationship. We embrace you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. We've been centering all that we are on Jesus Christ, the centrality of Jesus, and the Lord's relaying that foundation of Himself here at Grace Church. And to center everything that we are on Him, everything we are as a church, but also individually, We talked about last year we need to know His person. And then we talked about, which is His character, getting to know Him. And then secondly, we talked about His his mission, His works. That was last year as well. But this year we've been on the teachings. We want to know the teachings of Jesus and obey. We want to act upon what He taught. And so we've we've spent about 20 weeks on truth. Jesus taught truth. He not only taught it, He modeled it. What He said was truth. And he, how many times, I think it was 26, I told you in the Gospel of John alone, he led with truly, truly, I say to you. Truth is the real reality. So we've been talking about how do we live and walk by the Spirit. The Lord asked me this week to go into another thing he taught and modeled, and that is you knowing God as your Father. Knowing God as Father. You will not find that teaching in the Old Testament. Jesus brings this revelation. And not only did He teach it, He modeled it. He lived it on a daily basis, which is so powerful. I mean, the Word made words is one thing, but the Word made human being walking around relating to God as His Father is a blessing. So we do see the word Father a few times in the Old Testament. He's known as the Father of Israel. It's mentioned a few times, but never individually and certainly not, are you ready, begotten of God born of him and every time that i say sonship or son today okay it's gender neutral if you look that word up in the strongs it's male or female regarding sonship but this is one of the things that jesus came teaching modeling and declaring Uh, he wants you to know god not as the godfather He'll bust your kneecaps if you don't give him what he wants. But rather, as your heavenly father. And uh, we chuckle. Thank God we chuckle in here. I'm telling you, there's a lot of people out in the world that think God is the godfather. And that he'll give the, the family cancer. Uh, he'll he'll uh, take all their money as punishment if they're not doing the things that he uh, demands for them to do. And that's just unfortunate. I mentioned last week I have a new book out on the bookshelf called The True Nature of God. Jesus Christ said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He didn't go around breaking people's bones uh, if they didn't do what God wanted them to do. Amen. So uh, he's not the Godfather. He's the Heavenly Father. Jesus came to get you praying to, connected to, and worshiping the unseen Father. Now, I love this. Not only did he come and bear witness of spirit and truth, and he he wanted to get you connected to life in the spirit and life in truth. We've spent about 20 weeks on that. But hear me now. He didn't just come to get you connected to the dimension of spirit and truth. He came to get you connected to the one who's present there and rules there 
your father. That's so powerful. It's one thing if he introduces you to spirit and truth. It's another thing if he introduces you to the father who rules and reigns in the realm of the spirit and who, of course, is himself truth. So here we are again, still abiding in, still getting acclimated to the real reality, the parent reality, which is the realm of spirit and truth. But the good news is there's somebody waiting on you there. Yeah, the one who begot you by the Spirit. You did not save yourself. You did not get yourself born again. What you did is you consented. Only the Father who is Spirit can beget Spirit-born sons. Only He can do that. Churches can't do it. Man can't do it. Religion sure can't do it. Only God can do it. But He begets you of Himself. Where you literally have your Father's DNA on the inside of you. Go ahead and give Him praise. Amen. That's what it means to be born again. Now, Jesus comes into a culture where they relate to Almighty God. G-A-W-W-W-W-W-D through a four to six inch veil. That's the culture he came into. And he says things like, hey, when you guys pray, let me, let me teach you how to pray. Start by saying, our Father. This is new, guys. This is, this is new. It's no wonder they were greatly offended. They, the religious leaders, they wouldn't even write God's name, remember. And here's this, this guy saying he's the Son. He's, he says, John 10.30, I and the Father are one. John 14.9, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And he says, Matthew 6, 9, when you, when you pray, start by saying, Our Father, I'm introducing you to family. God's coming for new birth. He's coming for sons. And he tells a radical parable in Luke 15. The parable of the perfect father. You may know it as the perfect, or the prodigal son. But both those sons are jacked up. They're both jacked up. Big time. Who's the hero of the story? Father. And he starts a transition that you can, you can know God as your father intimately. I mean, look at this picture. This is what, this is what Jesus came teaching and modeling. You and dad. Begotten of him. And that there's life beyond the veil. Do you remember? I've got it written down. I'll go ahead and give it to you. You may want to look it up. Do you remember in John 20, or sorry, Matthew 27, 51 says, behold the veil. And we're, we're talking four to six inches here. The veil of the temple was rent from top to bottom when Christ was crucified. Why? You ever ask that question? Why is the veil rent? Because a new way has been made. Now let me ask you this question. Who tore the veil? Did you? I thought you did it. I thought it was your good works. I thought you got yourself access to God. Who tore the veil? The Father. Because a new way has come. Now that the blood has been shed, my spirit can come and make you my very own offspring of my own nature. DNA, divine nature of the Almighty. You've got God's DNA in you. You're not some sinner saved by grace. You're regenerated. You're a brand new creation carrying the DNA of your father. 
So Jesus comes saying all these things. The Father and I are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. John 16, we'll get to that next week. Jesus said, don't think that I have to be a go-between between you and the Father. Because the Father himself loves you. This is John 16, 25 through 28. All right, I'll show it to you. Jesus said, these things I've spoken to you in parables, figurative language, but the time is coming when I'll no longer speak to you in parables, but I'll tell you plainly about who. You don't have to live as a slave anymore, a servant anymore, or fear and trepidation of G-A-W-W-W-W-D. I'll tell you plainly about the Father, for in that day... Now, if you've read John 16, he's talking about the coming of the Holy Spirit, where Jesus dies on the cross, and then, because He's cleansed all of humanity, His Spirit can come and live within us, begetting us as new creations. Now we're the offspring of God. We're no longer in Adam. We're now in Christ, begotten of God's Spirit. And so I'm going to tell you plainly about the Father... Uh, in that day that the, that the Spirit comes, you'll ask in my name, and I don't say that I'll pray to the Father for you, for the Father Himself loves you. Why? Because you've loved me, and you believe that I came from Him. I came forth from the Father, and I've come into the world. Again, though, I leave the world, and I go where? What realm is He going back to? Spirit and truth. I love that. He says in another section that if you knew i think it's john 14 if you knew where i was going you'd be excited for me so i go back to the realm of the father so the word father here in john 16 is pater p-a-t-r it's where we get paternal the word here for pray don't think that i'm going to have to pray for you listen it is implore or request from some special preferential position jesus christ just said don't think that i have to i have some special preferential position that i'm going to have to do this for you he gave you his special preferential position so that now you can talk to the father through the Son. Wow, incredible. The word love here for the Father Himself loves you is phileo, where we get Philadelphia. It's affectionate, brotherly love, friendship, intimate, warm. Uh, the one word is kinship. It's a kinship love, which is relationship by nature, by family, or blood. Wow. John 17, 26, Jesus prayed, Father, I've declared to them your name that the same love that you love me with would be inside them. It's powerful. You have to realize that no one in the Old Testament called God Father. And yet here's Jesus Christ using the term Abba. Abba in the Greek is number five in your strongs, term of tender endearment by a beloved child who's in an affectionate, dependent relationship with their daddy slash papa. That's what the strong says. Abba. That's what the term Jesus used. No wonder they were offended. Listen, term of tender endearment by a beloved child, an offspring, who's an affectionate, dependent, sorry, who's in an affectionate, dependent relationship with their daddy slash papa. (laughs) <laughs> oh goodness 
Too many people in the body of Christ still today are trying to know God through a six-inch veil that separates them from the presence of God. They can't go past it in their own mind because they think they have to take the veil down. I'm telling you, the veil has already come down. Christ did it. Get in there. Fellowship with Papa. Receive Him. Walk with Him. Talk with Him every day. What Jesus did was enough. What Jesus did, you can believe this. It was God's idea for Christ to be enough that He would be the sacrifice. He would be the one that would reconcile you. And so many people are standing outside the veil waiting to get good enough to go in. We can't wait that long. You'll never be good enough on your own or Jesus will have never come. Touch your neighbor and say, but He did come. He did come. So why did He come? Because you can't do it. So my next question is, did He do it? Is it finished? Is the veil down? Then stop relating to God as a slave or a son. Or sorry, as a slave, but a son. In, in uh, Luke 15, the parable of the prodigal son. What happens in this story? He goes, the, the younger brother goes out with loose living and it's harlots and party time and all that. And he's practicing his speech on his way home. And what does he say? I know, Father, that I'll never be good enough to be your son. Let me live and relate to you as a slave. Let me be just a servant. Can you just put me in the bunkhouse with the other slaves? I've lost my shoes. I've lost the family ring. I've lost the robe. I've lost all of it. I'll never be fit to have a father-son relationship with you. What was the father's uh, vote on this? The father is the one who took off running in the story. (laughs) Yeah, and he's got a robe and a ring and sandals in his hand. My goodness. The boy didn't even get the speech he'd been rehearsing out of his mouth. He fell upon his neck. The the father, Scripture says, fell upon his boy's neck. Literally kissed him and embraced him. Do you notice how all the hugs and kisses came before the bath? Where'd, where'd the boy been? What was it? Pig. Did he need a bath? He, he didn't have his shoes anymore. He didn't have his robe. None of that anymore. He needed a bath. But did the father care? This is the relationship that Jesus Christ came teaching. And if we're Christ followers, then we're going to relate to God as our father. So powerful. So powerful. So you don't have to relate to him behind a six-inch veil. It's already come down. You don't have to be a, a, a slave. You can actually have a father-son relationship with the living God. The ring means he could conduct business. He can represent his father again because he's got the signet ring. That's how he conducted business. The robe means he's got the family righteousness, the family name, the resources, and then the sandals means you're no longer a slave because that's how you tell a difference on the estate. Uh, many ways you could tell, but that was one of the ways. The children had shoes, slaves didn't. But how many of us, like the prodigal son, have undersold our father's goodness so much that we thought we have to stay out in the bunkhouse instead of having a father-son relationship 
that Jesus Christ paid a super high price to give you. He delivered it to you on a silver platter. Only pride in your own failures would keep you from the Father's love. Pride. Well, I know God is good, but my sin is greater. You're a fool. You're a fool if you think Almighty God doesn't have the power to cleanse your sin. What was going to be required to cleanse you and make you right with God, what was going to be required, only God could provide. And we're 2,000 years behind Him providing it. Yeah, 2,022 years behind Him providing it. Ron Bridges and I were laughing the other day. We go all the way back to about the year 2000. He said, the first time I ever met Steve, I remember one of the things he said was, why are we still trying to convince the church that God loves them? (laughs) You want to know why? Because our real reality has not been spirit and truth. Because if you abide there, you'll know it. What's been our reality is how we feel and how we behave and what does mama think about me and oh my gosh, my stepdad said this about me. Come on somebody, I'll tell you the truth. All right, so six inch veil separated from his presence. We couldn't go past it unless we were a high priest and then only once a year and if you did something wrong, you might drop dead behind the veil. They had tied a rope around the priest's ankle and drug him out. I think he had little bells on too, didn't he? So if you heard tinkle, tinkle, thud, then it's all over. How, Scott, how'd you like to be next in line? You know, drag that, drag that guy out. All right, Scott, you're the next priest, buddy. Hope you're prepared. <laughs> Hope there's no sin in your heart. <laughs> so only once a year. But in that system, there was a mindset that God was over there and we were over here. There's a mindset of separation, hence the veil. And there was separation because of sin. So somebody was going to have to take care of the sin problem, man. And what happened is the only one who could deal with our sin and separation did. He did deal with it. So go behind the veil. Interact with your father. Receive him. Walk with him. Talk with him. He's yours and you're his. Somebody give God praise in this house. Woo! Come on, Holy Ghost. Oh, boy. Touch your neighbor and say there's more. John 4, verse 19. Remember, Jesus is fresh on the scene. So here he's got a woman at the well. The woman at the well. Sir, I perceive you're a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain and, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place we ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you'll neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. So it's not the place. You worship what you don't know. We worship what we do know for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth for the... Father is seeking such to, this, this is a, this woman is a Samaritan. Jews didn't deal anything with Samaritans. They were totally unclean. They were locked out of everything. And Jesus is telling her that a time is coming where she won't worship here or there, but spirit and truth. The kingdom is for everybody. If you're a human being. And you're poor enough to acknowledge your need of Him. You can have Him. The Father is seeking such to worship Him. Verse 24, God is spirit. 
Those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Jesus didn't just get you connected to the realm of spirit and truth, the dimension of spirit and truth, but the father who lives there. He's connected you to him. The woman said to him, I know Messiah is coming. Who's called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. I am he. So you can believe what I say. What is the father? Well, if he's connecting us to the Father, he's connecting us to an intimate source and an intimate resource. So relating to God as our Father means he's now the source of all things. We are of him. Every day, we are of him. Did Jesus model that? Sure he did. He said, hey, I only do what I see the Father do. I only say what I hear the Father say first. Every time they challenged him, every time they tried to rebuke him, every time they tried to catch him in a lie or something, you know, try to trick him, who did he talk about? His father. Every time they want to know about his mission. What are you doing here? Who are you? Who would he talk about? Father. Everything went back to Abba. Everything. And so it is for you and me. We talked about last week. Well, I'm Irish, you know, and that's why I have an anger problem. That's, that's a cop out. Stop knowing yourself by the flesh. Well, you know, my last name is Smith. And so my, my, my daddy Smith, he was an angry man. And Grandpa Smith, he was angry. And my great-grandpa, he was angry. You're in the wrong family tree, brother. You, you got born again. You have a new father. You got a whole new family tree. Believe it. And let it manifest in your life. Take all your practical application from the Spirit instead of your dumb head. Right? It's locked into the natural. Locked, in, locked into your wrong family tree. You're a spirit being born from above. God is your father. You've been begotten of him. My goodness. Everybody say Abba. Yeah, daddy God. That's what Jesus came to deliver to you. Wow, so powerful. Father is a relational term. He's the source of all things. He's our source of our sonship. And again, not gender specific there. I'm talking about, I'm talking about male and female. We're talking about sons, sons and daughters. Everybody good on that? Look at Galatians 3.26. For you're all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Oh, my God. This isn't even Steve's opinion. This is in the Bible. Let's read it together. Ready? One, two, three. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. No veil there. For as many of... Of you as were baptized into Christ, you were placed supernaturally by the Holy Spirit into Christ. Now you've put on Christ. So, so there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. You're all one in Christ Jesus. This is our identity. This is how we live. How's the world do it? What do the politicians do? What's the media do? It's all, it's all gnashing of teeth. It's tooth and nail. It's all men against women, Jews against Greeks. Black against white. We don't know each other by the flesh. We are people of the Spirit. I don't even see. That's just an outer shell that you're going to get rid of. Amen. The realm of Spirit and truth. We're brothers and sisters. We don't do like the world does. We got a different lens. And we got a different father. You remember Jesus told the Pharisees, You're of your father the devil. You're just taking on his nature. You're just doing what he does, which is what? Self-centeredness. Being a 
Child of God means that you can love people that don't love you. Matthew 5, he said, love people that don't give you love. Bless those who curse you and you'll be a picture of your Father in heaven. A son of your Father in heaven. Who sends the rain on the evil as well as the good. The righteous, the son on the righteous as well as the unrighteous. Wow, you mean we can overcome what everybody else is doing in the world? Yes, they're not our source. We're connected to spirit and truth and the father of the realm of spirit and truth that we got begotten out of. Now, is the Bible making sense now? You got born again by the spirit. That which is flesh is flesh, John 3. That which is spirit is spirit. Do not marvel, Jesus said, that I say to you, you must be born again. You must be born of the spirit or you won't even see the kingdom of God. Wow. Father means relational father means family father means we originated from him we're of him we have his dna now this is a total contrast to the old testament guys and this was god's plan all along that he always wanted sons always from before the beginning of creation he wanted sons he didn't want anybody separated behind the veil it's not like the old testament was the plan and then god's like well we need a new plan I guess the, the, the goat sacrifices aren't working. I guess the veil's not working. He, his plan all along was sonship. He said, I don't know, Brother Steve. All right, well, here's the Bible. Ephesians 1, 4. Passion. And in love, He chose us before He laid the foundation of the universe. Because of His great love, He ordained us. So that we would be seen as holy in His eyes with an unstained innocence. Do you suppose that's what... Father saw when the prodigal came home. How else could he hug him? He didn't see anything wrong with him. He, he was looking at him through his holy and innocent eyes. Yes. Titus chapter 1 verse 15. To the pure in heart, everyone is pure. Yes. To the pure in heart, all things are pure. To the defiled and unbelieving heart, nobody's pure. Nobody's worth dying for. Nobody's worth doing anything for. If you live your whole life, you're only going to serve people that you think are good enough. You're a self-righteous Pharisee. You serve whoever he tells you to serve. They might be stinky. He, he may say, hug that person. Hug them. It's no longer you that live. It's Christ that lives in you. First time I saw Titus 1.15. To the pure in heart, all things are pure. Jesus spoke to me. He whispered to me. He said, Steve, because I'd never seen that scripture before, ever. He said, Steve, that is how I died for the whole world. I didn't give my life for the world because of the purity of their heart. I gave my life for the whole world because of the purity of mine. We are new creation. <laughs> you okay? We are new creation sons. And I saw the look on your face. Like, oh my God. We are new. We're new creation sons and daughters. We're not loving everybody because their hearts are so pure. We're loving them because ours are. It goes with Matthew 5, the Sermon on the Mount. Anybody can love those that give you love to love them with. Bless those who persecute you. Pray for those who use you. God, How? Well, you're going to need my spirit to do it. So I'm going to give you a pure and innocent heart. I'm going to give you a new heart. And that's how you got born again. And that's why I'm here telling you that one of the reasons, one of the things Jesus came to teach and to model is that you've been begotten of God himself. And now he's your father because you came from him.
You are not a self-made Christian believer who goes to church and reads the Bible. You're a God-breathed, God-birthed child of Him. Who happens to, out of that, go to church, read the Bible, feed the poor, whatever He's asking you to do. Does that make sense, guys? I didn't get very far. All right, so... (laughs) We, we would be seen as holy in his eyes with unstained innocence. How else could he die for us except he's so pure? And man, I, I got saved when I was 13. I asked Christ in my heart, my mom who's here on the back row. Good to see you, mom. Good to see you. So good to see you. She, I said, how do you get your sins forgiven? I was 13 years old. And she said, well, you asked Jesus into heart and into your heart. She explained all that. But for the next seven years, I felt I was not worthy. I felt unloved, unaccepted by God. Who was I looking to? Me. I thought I had to take the veil down. Maybe, I guess I thought he took it down that one day, but then I had to keep it down. You know, like he paid the debt and now I got to make installment payments or I'm on layaway maybe. (laughs) No, he did it. Let me say it again. The only one who could have reconciled Steve... And taking care of Steve's sin and separation problem. The only one who could deal with it did. And it changed my life. Now I live as though that's absolutely true. And I'm full of faith that what he did is enough. And, and, and that every day he trains me in godliness. I'm learning to be a son. I didn't go to God or sorry, live independent of God and try to fix my sin. If I go to Him through reconciliation in Christ and learn to be a son through intimate fellowship, I become more and more like Him. That's how it works. But the enemy wants you to say, oh, yeah, He reconciled you, but I saw what you did, that thing you did, so now just go over here. And He'll separate you in your mind. Now remember, Romans 8 says nothing can separate you in Christ. So it's a lie in your mind and he deceives you. Now you're living separate from him in your own mind and you're not becoming like him, which is exactly what the devil wants. So if you do a big piece of stupid, if you want to give the devil a black eye, get up. Get up and say, you know what? I, I didn't get right with God through not doing something wrong. I'm not going to make myself not right with him by doing something wrong. Yeah. You tell him to stick it or shove it. Close your children's ears. They don't need to hear that. Look at verse 5, guys. For it was always, how often? It was always in His perfect plan to adopt us as His delightful children. This was always the plan. Unbelievable. And hey, there, there's no condemnation. I don't want you, don't feel bad that you've not been living as His son. Don't, don't feel bad. Because, man, it's still a war, right, Brian? It's still a war in our mind. We know this passage. We've read it before. But I want to, Scott, I want to grow in my knowing. I want to be growing in my knowing that I'm a son, that I, I was begotten of him. How are you? <laughs> but guys, this is sobering. It was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children. How? Through our union with Jesus Christ. So that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his grace. For the same love he has for the beloved Jesus, well, he has for you. And this unfolding plan brings in what? Lamentations? <laughs> Great pleasure. He loves you more than you know. 
And you're the one who short circuits it. She's like, well, if I'm, if I was God, I wouldn't love me like that. Well, thank God you're not God. (laughs) Amen, somebody. (laughs) I got a couple more scriptures I want to just read for you. John 17, 20, Jesus is praying for us in the garden of Gethsemane. I do not pray for these alone, but for those who believe in me through their word, that they all may be one as you, what? Father. I want them all one with you, Father, just like you're in me and I'm in you, that they may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. What a, what a simple but fantastic prayer. And the glory which you gave me, well, I've given them, that they may be one just as we are one. I'm in them, you're in me, that they may be made perfect in oneness. And that the world may know that you have sent me. Look at this one. And you love them just like you love me. So go back to John 16 where we started. Remember, he's taking the Father's hand, he's taking your hand, and he's putting them together. The same love that Jesus experienced as the Son, the offspring of Father God, is the same love that he wants you to experience from your Father. From Almighty God. Jesus wants you identifying yourself as a Son knowing that it was always his plan from the, before the foundations of the world to adopt you. John seventeen three, Gnosko, right? This is eternal life that they know you, the one and only true God, and know intimately Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Jesus modeled this. He spoke of his Father more than he spoke of anyone else, guys. And like I said earlier, they'd question his identity, his mission, his work, his message. He would always respond with, my Father. I'm here on behalf of my Father. Wow. And now I want to close with this. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 through 19. New King James. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Now I want you to eat this passage this week, but I did eat portions of it. This word is huos, 5207 in the Greek. Uh, The word sons of God here. It's a child by birth or adoption, sharing the same nature as their father. That's what that word means. The saints have been reborn as God's offspring through Jesus Christ and His work as God's eternal Son. It's incredible. God took the well-pleasing Son, Jesus Christ, who lived a perfect sinless life here and who's now seated at the right hand of God. He took that well-pleasing Son and put Him in you. He's inside you. And that's how you're relating to God now as your Father. You're in Christ Christ is in you. Christ is in the Father. So that's how he did it. Does that make sense? And this was the plan all along, guys. It's okay to believe it. It was God's idea. Okay? You're not winking here or in cahoots with the devil by believing what the Bible says. (laughs) This was God's plan for you to be one with him. And his well-pleasing son would be in you. And that connects you to the Father. Uh, let's keep reading, shall we? Verse 15, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption. Oh, wait. By whom what? By whom? We cry out, Abba, Father. Who, who, was, who was calling God Abba when He showed up? Jesus Christ is the first one to call Him Abba. And now Paul, through his revelation is admonishing the saints that God is your Abba. 
born of him, washed in his blood. Remember, God presented you to himself without spot or wrinkle. It's not you. That's religion. Religion says, work hard. Keep trying. One day you can present yourself before God and hopefully it'll be good enough. God presented you to himself. So he got from himself, his son, what he required, what was needed. You are never going to be able to pay that debt. Scott, you guys can come. So I don't want you to miss that in verse 15. I showed you how Jesus shows up using the term Abba, and now we've transitioned to because you've received the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. The same spirit that was in Christ is in you. Now you get to cry out what? Abba, Father, Daddy, God. Do you know that Jesus said it's better that I go away? Why? Because if I'm here, the enemy only has one son of God to deal with. But if I pay this debt and then I leave, I will send you the same spirit that's in. I'll clean you. Then I'll leave and I'll send you the same spirit. And now the enemy's got a world full of sons and daughters to contend with. Very offspring begotten of the spirit of God. Boy, is that, is that powerful or what? John 12, 24, Jesus declared it. He said... Unless a grain of wheat goes into the ground and dies, it'll be the only one. But if that grain dies, it'll multiply and produce all kinds of fruit. You are the fruit of Christ's offering. How many of you know that in the farming world, like begets like? If you sow corn, what are you going to get? If you sow uh, apple seed, what are you going to get? Do you think God understands sowing and reaping? What did he sow into the, into the world? A son. What did he plan on reaping? Like begets like. God sowed a son that he might reap a harvest of sons, colonize the earth who could express him and who he is. That was the plan. That's what pleases him. It's not that Lucifer's on display. I get so tired. I can't even watch the media. I can't, I can't so much. I mean, politics and all that. I just can't do it. I, I want to see the expression of God in the earth. And that's what God wants to see. That's what pleases Him. I don't want to see Luciferianism where the end justifies the means. And I'll throw concrete bricks at your head if you don't believe like I do. I, I, I hate that stuff. I don't hate people, but I hate that spirit. Self-centeredness. All about me. What about me? So God... So to son to reap sons because he wanted to colonize the natural realm. Remember, he's spirit. He's in the realm of spirit and truth. But he made the physical realm and he wants to have himself expressed in the natural realm. So that when people see you, they can see him. Was that true about Jesus? That when people saw Jesus, that they could see and know God? Well, he's the firstborn among many other brethren. So our prayer is... When people see you, that they would see Him. They'd see the Father. They'd see the reality of spirit and truth. The realm that Jesus came to bear witness really existed. He told Pilate, this realm really exists. The truth. I'm sorry, I'm getting on rabbit trails. 
Verse 16, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. And if we're children, then we're heirs, heirs of God. We're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. He's our brother. If indeed we suffer with Him, that we may be glorified with Him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time aren't worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. The glory, who's the glory? Christ in you, the hope of glory being revealed. What's the suffering? The flesh. The mind of the flesh opposes this. Your rational mind says there's no way he could have done this because he's so pure. It's got to be because of me. Why? The flesh wants credit. It's got Adam stain on it. It's confused. I'm going to talk more about that next week. But look at this. Verse 19. For the earnest expectation of creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Not the son. The sons. Plural. Gender neutral. This was his plan from the beginning. Is that you would know him as his offspring. Father, son, father, daughter relationship. Amen. Will you stand with me? There you go. Who tore the veil? God the Father. Because it was time for a new way to be made. No longer living with a mindset of separation. He's over there and I'm over here. I'm taking this veil down. You're going to be in me. I'll be in you. I'll beget you as my own child. I'll walk with you. I'll talk with you. I will train you how to be like me. I will teach you how to do it. Every head bowed and every eye closed.